Hey, so this is a bit of a heads up just to let everyone know that because of the nature of the episode and because we are speaking about mental health, certain terms like depression and anxiety and different struggles like that will be within this episode. So if you're not comfortable with that, this is just a heads up so that you don't have to go through. Um, thank you for supporting. And if you are up to it, then continue as per usual. Hi all, and welcome back to another episode of Tea Young for an Old Talk. I'm Neil. And I'm Abriana, and this week we are diving into talking about mental health in Barbados. When we came up with this topic, or brainstormed it, I guess you could say, it was kind of funny because it's going to be interesting to title it, title this episode, because as far as I'm concerned, like, it didn't really exist mm-hmm. for me growing up. Um, it's now becoming more of a thing that Bajans are talking about and is being brought to your attention. But yeah. at least for me growing up, like us in our adolescence, like those young teen years, into your late teens into adulthood like that was not a thing i feel like just because of that the title might throw some people off because it's like what 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 does it mean exactly but it's like when we were growing up it was something it was just like you know you deal with it kind of thing those things aren't really aren't really like taking precedence in your life kind of thing i guess i guess i find that i I knew the term, like I was aware of the term, mm-hmm. um, but at no point was it ever spoken about. Mm-hmm. And I honestly only really knew about it, understood more about it when I moved to Canada. I feel like definitely the same. Um, or even, you know, for example, it's only anxiety. Um, it would never or at least when I was younger, the link was never between, okay, you know, having this might, might be saying something about your mental health or your mental state, or, you know, this could be taxing on your mental state. That that link was never made. It was like, okay, you know, you might, you might be anxious about something, but, like, that's it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That was the, the exactly. end, end of like, it. Yeah. There was no link to be made, period, because as far as we were taught to believe growing up, like, there was no reason for you to be feeling x y or z like yeah it was kind of had nothing exactly moment. it's not like a you know the possibility of being like a long-term like an illness as it can be um wasn't really a thing or just a uh, a feeling or you know a place of being that is kind of more chronic and not just acute in this one specific okay you know one day you wake up you got butterflies or something but, yeah you know, at least that's for me how it was honestly for me it just it just wasn't a thing like I think I was raised to, like, my parents never really, um, they always validated my feelings, Mm -hmm. like, however I was feeling, um, like, different stages of my life, like, those young teenage years into puberty and all that kind of stuff, like, 
I was never made because like you don't understand what's going on either like you don't understand yeah. why one morning you might wake up and you're just in a mood for no reason like you don't got nothing to do that day like nothing like, nothing your on your mind yeah or and like it could be anything it could be something that happened the day before that like was just weighing on your mind that like, you don't know necessarily but I don't looking thinking back I don't think my parents ever made me feel less than or like I was being um dramatic or something yeah well, I mean... Yeah, more so my, than usual. My parents know I'm dramatic. Um, drives my dad bonkers, but he has to deal with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yes, more than usual him, right? is is the right thing. Yeah, my mom... <laughs> honestly, both of them, to be honest. Like, let's be real. But yeah, I don't... Thinking about I don't think they ever made me feel less than. Um, so that... I guess you could say that helps me in the sense that I never thought into it too much because I was never told that's not right or stop this doing not, that or that's not okay, this is not that. okay. Exactly. Because yeah. they never said that and they never necessarily like said, okay, let's sit down and work out what you're going through kind of thing. But mm. they never made it known to me that like it was not okay whatever I had going on. So I guess that's why I never really growing up, like up until when we left secondary school yeah, and yeah. moved out here like i never felt like shh, my parents just don't give like whatever going on in my brain just Didn't care. dismissive kind of thing so thank you mom and dad um, <laughs> yeah i feel like i also have to similarly feel appreciative you know i don't think i ever had a conversation like with my mom for example about mental health specifically but with you know, anytime I wasn't feeling 100% or whatever, you know, she would be there and, you know, we would try to talk it out if there was something that needed to be talked out. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I'm just an angry little kid. Not like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> stupid oh, angry. Oh, shoot. But, um, it was never a case of, like, you know, you shouldn't be feeling like your feelings. You just tell me, you know, try to try to understand how you're really feeling and con- try to control that or, you know, understand what's making you feel like this so you can get to the root of the problem. Yeah. So she never like invalidated any of that for me or, you know, made me to feel like I was thinking or my brain was working a weird way. Mm. But like I was I would say like she definitely made me aware of like kind of like mental health kind of things because I remember the um, story she told me from my, when she was at UE, you know, back in the day. Um, <laughs> kind of not really. But yeah, so she was at UE and one of her classmates, not necessarily a close friend. They were doing some big, like, very stressful exam, and the girl just got out and just left. And when everybody went outside, she was literally outside, just like eating grass or something, something crazy like that. Like, oh that, my gosh. to the father's like, wow, like, what really, you know, like, what was going unbelievable on? kind of thing, right? It's yeah. like, what who would have thought? You to do something yeah, because like that, you know, exactly. like, I've seen people walk out of exam before because you know, it's just like, I can't even deal with it. But it's just like, something like that, for example, just like mind blowing. I'm like, Mm-hmm. you know what resources were available back then for her you know what I mean it's kind of what my head went to for that yeah. thinking back Um, but it's like okay that's a clear sign you know like anybody that sees that so I feel like you know those kind of instances would have existed and older people would have seen you know cases of people like clearly you know going through or, something or yeah. needing some kind of help and yeah. they just like still invalidate it and like okay that's just yeah. like a one off kind of thing or it's just, you know it's dismissed it's yeah. like a you you shouldn't be feeling that kind of thing yeah. and 
it's good that we both are both of our parentals were able to give us that but when I think about the generation above so my grandparents who are still alive now and you could speak to yours but Mm -hmm. I know for sure like this kind of stuff does not factor in on their radar has never factored in on their radar um yeah and even if it even if they do feel these type of things like not necessarily seeing it in their grandkids or anything like that but if they ever do like wake up one day and just not feeling it or whatever the case is yeah. i don't think there's anything that tells them like hey maybe this is whatever yeah. yeah or like try to identify what it is it's kind of like that will never factor in on their radar which is which is interesting you and i was kind of raised mm-hmm. by my grandparents so that's also interesting yeah, I think they just think I'm dramatic and moody and sassy, which is true. So to a certain, to a certain extent, yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with that. No problem. For me, thinking about it now, because I'm not going to this, but I had a earlier this week. I had a you know, I'm not gonna sit down myself. I was reflecting on some things, and I had a lot of things I used to think about as a kid. Like, okay, why is it that my family is in this situation, or what is it that you know? has led my ancestors to being here i i not like i wasn't thinking about slavery as a kid but i was like you know what 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 if i don't know i used to think of some really random things like what if you know my great 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 grandfather never met my grandmother you know what would happen then like where would i where would i, where would I have been what would change so i i think about i used to think about random things like that all the time i was really a a, a thinker um so kind of moving i guess in that same dynamic for me what i was what i realize now is that a reason you know some of our grandparents might feel like that is because if you think of history you know like we don't really have that kind of luxury so it's like okay or they didn't have that luxury so like you know you wake up one day and you feel kind of sick you still kind of gotta go through with it kind of thing they gotta push through and like yeah it's not like a, something that actually stopping from moving potentially so you, you kind of just deal with it and move on yeah. You know, like if you think of it from that con that context, I'm not gonna specifically say what history because if you think about it, you know what I'm saying. Uh, it doesn't need to be specifically addressed, but just that concept, like you know, you just had to you just had to go on and keep pushing through and you know make do what you had kind of thing, as opposed to actually yeah. trying to heal and you know resolve it. I get that, and it's unfortunate that that's what the circumstances were yeah. back then, and that's what they lived through, but when we look at where we are now and the generations that have come through them um and they've fought for that kind of stuff it goes back to what we were talking about like when we in the generals episode like just because you had to experience Mm -hmm. why doesn't mean you have to force that on me like it's hard because how are you supposed supposed to find that switch and that thing that's telling you like oh, maybe this is a problem or this is something that needs to be worked on and identifying it and actually, like, sitting down with whoever it is, your child, if you're a teacher, like, a student, whatever, Mm -hmm. and acknowledging the problem and working towards finding a solution because if you've never experienced that and or you just were oblivious to it and kind of just ignored it because your mentality was just got to keep pushing on, keep fighting another day another 50 cents like you're not checking for that 
which is understandable, but we've grown up in a society where we're exposed to all of this stuff now. So when you have parental figures or people above you, people that look up that you look up to, um, and they're not acknowledging those kind of things, it'll make you feel like crap. Or you kind of just feel lost because where are you supposed to go at that point? And I think that's why everybody's horizons are kind of being broadened in the um, mental health world because people people study to become practitioners and therapists, life coaches, all those all the terminology to help people through trying times that are there because of issues with their mental health. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird, but it's important. I feel like to summarize what you said, it kind of goes back to the whole idea of, you know, when to raise the floor for the next generation or whoever's following up, um, but how do you do that? Yeah. And, you know, it, it does take a lot. And not everybody's going to Maybe say, I should okay. talk to my parents. Because you know, I don't know how they did it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a conversation that should be had. And why why not ask someone that tried and had to ask the same questions? And, you know, use that to propel yourself forward. Why, why would you... Uh, you know, obviously, things happen. You know, it's not always possible. But if you can, you know, try to build off of what you were basically blessed or opportunity enough to have as opposed to trying to figure out from scratch you know because then you're just like you you might still be able to improve it but you probably do more if you had like even more information to work with yeah moving on to the another i guess another topic or subsection the same uh, talk about people you know training and learning to be therapists or you know life coaches and all that kind of stuff i feel like it's better now but there's probably still at least for me because i can't think of a single place or a specific place like where i would say okay yeah i could go here if i wanted to get therapy back home no there's probably places oh. i just right now i can't think of it specifically um, i thought you meant up here i was like, no 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 no. <laughs> i was like have you been looking <laughs> no school <laughs> university has like beer therapists yeah they have a um, lot of resources so, I agree. I honestly wouldn't know. Uh, yeah, we're just, we're just like, okay, this is a where to look. place to go. Um, so I think, you know, as people continue to be trained and go into that field, obviously they're going to need, you know, clientele or people that are actually going to use those resources because then if you're providing a service for no one to consume it, it, it can't be sustainable. But you also need to make it accessible. Yeah. That's so, what I'm thinking as well. The same way how you said the universities up here have resources and ment- specific mental health facilities mm-hmm. to cater and help the students that attend that university. Like, can we see UE doing that? I mean, we talking, but UE might have this yeah, all along. Yeah, it's just we that we don't know. Just not right? know because we're technically foreigners now. My passport, um, Barbie. <laughs> Minus two, but... But no, I get what you're saying. But all I'm saying to that is that, you know, obviously now, there's probably going to be more people using those resources, but at the same time, we're going to need more of those resources as it continues to come to the forefront. Definitely. Because if, you know, we were 
if this society's culture is one that was as open as it was here and it's getting to that point where it's becoming more, you know, in society or as a part of society, it would then be like, okay, who does everyone go to now? Because you can't have like, you know, like a dozen, dozens of people going to one person because they get overwhelmed, right? So, yeah. Hopefully it continues. Even thinking, even we're thinking at like post-secondary tertiary level right now, but even thinking back to secondary school, even primary school if you wanted to but more so secondary school where you have guidance counselors and we talked about this in the episode with christian how they've got so many things on their damn plate administration and principal and whoever else have them teaching classes on top of doing guidance counselor specific work i honestly looking back on my secondary school experience i could not see my guidance counselor like actively doing like specifying in mental health specific initiatives and help mm-hmm. on a wide scope i found just from like you know people gossip people talking and you seeing who going to her office and all that kind of stuff that you would have seen growing up i found that they were the guidance counselor was only able to do that if the student was in desperate need Mm -hmm. and if the student was either told by a teacher to go and see the guidance counselor because like they had something going on at home or they need some help whatever the case is it was only if they were pushed to go or if it was that bad of a situation that they had to go and see the the guidance counselor but like if an ordinary person who like is not having serious issues at home like has a good life as bitch and say like you got a roof over your head clothes on your back kind of thing goes to see the guidance counselor like i don't think that's factoring it on their radar because yeah, it might not be high priority because you might just be having a bad day yeah which happens i mean i feel like realistically at least from my experience with the guidance counselors at qc it was almost always like the same cohort or like group of people that you know would frequent or be a part of um, things happening with the guidance counselor, because realistically, you can't have one person addressing a thousand students, and exactly, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's not possible. They try, but at the same time, it's like you know the the amount of stuff that from my time, like obviously I would see some things. I think it might not be like okay, yeah, this person should have probably. You know, being involved mm-hmm. with the guidance counselor and get guidance. Um, I can think of one specific person right now, but like obviously, the resources aren't always enough to go around. So even though you know this person is have, isn't having life threatening um, circumstances, I could still see right now like yeah, this person should have probably been to some kind of you know conversation with them to actually like you know enroll them in a better path of some sort. But realistically, you know, with other people that are... Because at QC, for example, the guidance counselors to help, you know, buying f- school meals or buying food and, you know, organizing different things like fin- from a financial standpoint too if someone was, like, needing resources like that. So, like, people like that as well as, you know, then also people that actually like, need mental help or, you know, people that get in trouble all the time, their plate gets filled up so quickly and not <laughs> even including the teaching aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it... There's not enough to go around, so Barbados needs to start putting more resources into that area 
I don't know how they haven't realized that yet, that, like, guidance counselors really just can't do it all. Like, I know some of them have assistance, but at the same time, like, that's, to me, that's still not enough. Whereas up here, it's the complete opposite. The, the resources are so, it's, they're all over the place. You, and they tell you about them from day one mm-hmm. when you join um, your university or college. And they so, remind you. Yeah, which is very important. Um, so that's that's their that comparison there. I I never felt like I should or wanted to talk to my guidance counselor. Um, that was just like a personal choice. I don't think it was ever a case where I was like, I really need to, but I just mm-hmm. can't stand whoever the body is or whatever. I just don't feel comfortable. I just never, it never got to that point where I wanted to go and talk to the guidance counselor. You know the crazy thing too? Like at QC, the guidance counselor always also used to help with um, sixth form students applying for colleges and yeah, they checking do over that. everybody's they, thing. Yeah. That's crazy. They check your grades and they help you with the application process and sort out visas and permits yeah, and all that. It's, it's legit. Like, cause like I remember, one, one person cannot do yeah, all of that. And they also streamline, you know, what your um cape things would become mm-hmm. as a. That's ridiculous. They probably underpaid. That's probably why. <laughs> yeah. That's um, terrible though, cause how are you supposed to have more people in those type of roles, and essentially turn that whole one role into a department essentially that's what it needs to be like fix up and that's where we're getting to now because at least from what i see and talking to people back at home and just seeing on social media i it's becoming so much more evident now to our generation and the generations a a couple above and below us that mental health is a real thing people are acknowledging that like yo I have feelings, I feel this, and it's valid, mm. and it doesn't make me feel good, and nobody else is really validating Listen. that I feel like this. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I, personally, I could be wrong, but I feel like a lot of it comes from, one, people speaking out and saying, this is how I'm feeling, and other people empathizing with that, and being like, well, I actually, I look at going through that too, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But also the widespread availability of media and seeing North American culture in media, whether it's in TV shows, in music, videos, whatever the case is, and mental health issues being talked about and explained on those type of platforms. If you come in looking at it from a developed country where, developing country where as far as we're concerned, these things are not real. Like, it's not a thing. Like, mm. your parents are telling you, you got a roof over your head, clothes on your back. You honestly, like, you are ungrateful. You have nothing to be complaining about. Like, I don't want to hear that you're feeling fussy today or whatever the case is. So you're not exposed to any of that. And then you're seeing, you're watching a show on Netflix and they're talking about anxiety and depression and whatever else. And you're like huh or is that the disconnect happening but wait all right and it it could be it's good and bad because it's allowing people to reflect and acknowledge their feelings even more mm-hmm. but also kind of sucks 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, the positive thing, at least like, like you're saying, you know, at least over the last couple of years, I guess as all these different types of media have become more widely accessible. Um, yeah. We can clearly see, okay, in the last couple of years, there's been an uptick in how, how much representation, mental issues or mental health issues have been getting in popular media. Even on social media now, I feel like some people probably misuse the term a bit too much or, you know, over-sensationalize the, um, the struggle that it can be to, to, to suffer from anxiety on a constant basis. Oh, definitely. There's a but, YouTuber I watch that she's getting slandered right now because she's talking about, I had anxiety attacks this past week and people are like, shut up she's like i'll make a video about it if you guys want to know like how i dealt with it and people are like you don't have anxiety like you were feeling anxious but you do not have anxiety and you're just like talking for the sake of continue sorry yeah no very valid because you can't tell someone when they're not feeling on a on a you know on a larger scale yeah but you know you can you can call someone out on yeah you're you're really overdressing this or you know Mm -hmm. you're using these certain terms just because you think it's cooler you know it's going to catch people's attention yeah you want to fit popular, in right yeah exactly uh when it comes from there it's like it's, like, it's kind of distasteful for me very i but agree you're doing yeah. it for the wrong reasons like you're i think that's kind of the negative spin that has happened with the more widespread representation of mental health issues in media that, that's gonna come because i feel like that happens with any and everything but yeah. right. you're right that'll be the downside of it for sure even with that though like it's definitely largely a positive that it's coming about more yeah because you know even if people are like overusing certain terms now or whatnot the fact that you can kind of see yourself represented it's kind of like how um like a lot of different minority groups have been underrepresented in in past like areas that you know you wouldn't see like um dolls of like persons of color they wouldn't be like accurately or you know respectfully represented or in movies you might have like um heroines or heroes that were of one kind of culture and it's just being played by like a light uh a lightly colored you know person really so kind of you know seeing seeing like this struggle or seeing something that's relatable for you Mm -hmm. Or seeing yourself in these shoes makes it seem more realistic. And, like, yeah, this is actually a thing that's happening. Very much so. I feel like I've always seen that and, like, heard discussions about that, specifically, like, seeing people in the media Mm -hmm. and on those types of platforms. But it's a lot of people are speaking out more now, especially now that I follow more people that are artists here in Canada and that are in the industry up here um, it's that. it's uplifting even like the agency I was with um, their whole mandate was to um, how to phrase it they wanted their roster to be liter- diverse Diverse people use that that's another word that uh, people just throw around uh. and is like salt and pepper that's just splash it into and a little like bit parsley. everything so that yeah, you just put it on top. literally that's <laughs> so that everyone it like it looks good you know <laughs> but yeah that was their whole idea that they wanted 
to be an agency to represent people of color and people of diverse ethnic backgrounds because that's sad and like it might not register when you're young that it's missing Mm -hmm. but then when you have it or when you're able to give that to your kids and allow them yeah and allow them to see people that look like them in the media it's the same kind of thing like you watching a show or watching a movie and you're able to empathize with what that person's feeling um allows you to reflect and realize i feel like that too sometimes or maybe this is how i'm maybe this this plus this is explaining why i was feeling yeah yeah, exactly so it works the same way that was kind of confusing but yes it works the same way hopefully it's understandable for everyone listening (laughs) kind of to to tack onto that whole concept you know stereotypical but i enjoyed superheroes when i was a kid and to a certain extent i still do and what kind of that whole conversation clicked for me is that one of my favorite superheroes was black and i no one's gonna it's not black panther (laughs) it wasn't until maybe i was like nine or ten where i had actually a super or eight i think eight or nine i have a superhero like yeah you know i can kind of relate to what he's going through and obviously Mm -hmm. he was north american so it's not quite the same but it's a much closer comparison yeah um so static shock and i loved him as a kid like he was just amazing he was hilarious and you know it felt like he was more relatable and obviously you know Mm -hmm. i still enjoyed the the typical superheroes you know superman batman and whatnot but in batman's case like he's much more relatable than superman because you know he's a literal alien and batman is much more of a human character being that he doesn't have any supernatural powers he's just you know filthy rich which is definitely not relatable and he's <laughs> a super genius so it's kind of like okay um you have that versus like someone like spider-man now who's a bit more human because he's even you know he's a poor kid from new york you understand what i mean like you kind of see the different yeah. levels of relatability and then started shock was kind of like that but he's black and from more of like not even he's more of a rural area it's like things not it wasn't like a city it was like suburban i think based but mm-hmm. yeah he um he was one that i didn't i don't think what all time but he was one of my favorite characters just because you know he had dreadlocks and like, it was it was amazing it, like yeah. where else are you seeing it makes that, it right? feel it makes it feel more real yeah and you kind of just want to you put yourself in their shoes more easily yeah definitely how do you think that barbados needs to move forward with mental health in mind and allowing people to express their feelings and speak mm-hmm. their mind and not essentially dismiss people yeah, or just because of how they're feeling because as far as you're concerned they shouldn't like, it's not just you have right. nothing to be mad about or upset um, about like you I have think, a good life i think the big first step is really making that space so someone can come out and say yeah i'm not feeling 100 right now and i don't know why and i kind of want to figure out why or i kind of want to you know try to tackle this problem you know making that space where it's like you can come out and say that and then you can also then try to go okay where can you go to get help mm-hmm. um one theme that i think will help is you know enrolling in schools even if it's not like primary school level but if you say okay secondary schools now we have a 
a more rigorous, you know, enrollment or, you know, just getting people more accustomed to the concept of mental health being a thing that you have to maintain. Because when, you know, fitness was a problem in society, we put exercising as a course into schools. So why would we not do the same thing for mental health? Um, And a very simple and easy way to do it, how I've seen, it never made me want to specifically say, okay, I'm going to go to George Brown and go to um, one of the counselors. But every exam season, you know, you get an email or, you know, you see some sort of medium put out saying, hey, if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, come in and talk about it. You know, we're here to listen and we can, Mm -hmm. you know, work through it. So, like, even something as simple as that, as, you know, okay, giving people that option, like, okay, you know, this is a stressful time. We acknowledge that. Like, everyone knows it's something stressful, right? Um, now, everyone r- handles that stress differently, and, you know, and some people, it hinders them, which is why we have SBAs. So, you know, it's not like these concepts are widely... Yeah, yeah, Or wild, you know, it's or something otherworldly. Yeah, yeah, it's like... Exactly. You, you kind of know, right? So... And that's the other thing that you mentioned, like, saying that, if you're overwhelmed, just come in and talk to us. Honestly, a lot of the times, that's what a lot of people need. Like, they just need somebody to listen. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily need sessions of therapy or a book, a certain book to read. Or even as it gets further and further, like, some people, as soon as they think mental health, like, they're thinking these severe um, mm. issues and illnesses, which lead directly to medication. Like... There's a, I feel like there's a spectrum with like with all things, yeah, and mental health has a spectrum too. So, the other thing that comes to mind with that is in talking to people. I know there's a lot of talk around um, how much you lean on your friends and how much you lean on your family, mm. and understanding that friends and significant others are not your therapists, and this whole idea that you want a significant other to be a th- to be your therapist and they yeah. need to listen to you and give you advice and all that crap, like. Unless they're certified, they could get rid of that expectation. That's that's, that's my opinion. I mm-hmm. I think that's crap because yes, you want somebody to actively hear you and actively be listening yeah. to you, but it's nobody's responsibility to sit down and give you blasted advice. Like if I do that, it's because I care about you and I want to do that. And at the end of the day, you you honestly don't have to take it because. Some people get in situations where they lean on people and are asking people for advice and taking advice and it's be rubbish. So, mm. no, that's fair. That. Um, as you said, that I kind of saw the diagrams. You know, you see on Twitter when someone's like, "It's a cable," and they're just feeling. One person is, you know, letting out this like negative energy, or they're charging mm-hmm. by plugging into this other person, and the other person is then feeling the repercussions. Yeah. For me. Um, I and feel that's like, not fair, so... Yeah, no, 100%. I feel like I've um, been blessed by, you know, having people around me that I can talk to or listen to me. And, you know, I never really have anything that crazy that it's like, okay, what do I... I don't know where to start with this. Um, or no one around me knows how to help me start with this. Um, but I definitely feel like it's not an expectation you should have for somebody because you kind of expect that someone's always going to be a open to doing it b even know where to start with it if you're like trying to get us kind of advice or c like just having to give you that time like at the end of the day it, it, it is definitely a nice option to have but anybody could do what they want to be honest like i don't have to make my mm-hmm. best friend or i can't tell my best friend hey you have to sit down and listen to me for xyz now 
you know, people will care and I guess that's when it kind of is like, okay, yeah, this person's willing to do it for you, but you can't expect that you have 10 people that are going to, okay, Mr. Ford, please sit down. Um, how was this yeah. week? What do you, you know what I mean? And I, for me, what I've been doing the last couple weeks or months is that I check in with my friends and that's the thing that you can do is like, you know, how are you feeling today? You know, how was your week, guys? You know, what, what do you guys do this week? That kind of thing, just to get a feel for it because it is harder to do it on a, for me at least, because one, I'm not in the same country and then two, you know, our schedules aren't really the same. So it's not like we were all working Monday to Friday from nine to five or whatever. Um, So, you know, that check-in, like even if it's like twice a week or sorry, <laughs> once bi-weekly or something like that or mm-hmm. twice a month or whatever, then it's like, okay, you're still, you know, letting that person know you care and being an heir for them if they do need it. But at the same time, it's like not everyone's going to do that and not everyone's going to think to do that because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, sometimes like, you have to be the bigger person, yeah. folks. It sucks. It really does sometimes. Um, and you feel like you're being drained in some instances. Yeah, but sometimes you have to be the bigger person and still you have to do like if you if you genuinely care about the person like you'll still end up doing it regardless of you feeling like this person has never messaged me first and never asked me how I'm doing first and that kind of thing um good will come out of it I tell myself in situations like that like where I feel like I might be working harder than somebody else not necessarily in a friendship or relationship but just in general that that'll come back to serve me someday yeah. and not it's them a further so, cause. yeah exactly something that popped into my mind when we, you were discussing it being in institutions and being in our schools mm-hmm. um as a class or a course and something that's readily available i thought about the comparison between barbados and canada and how up here u.s north america on a whole it's You've kind of, you kind of mentioned it. It's been like fetish, fetish, fetish sure. size. Yeah. It's become yeah. a fetish. Yeah. Yeah. Fetish, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that you got it. Um, and it's become a trend. Like it's trendy to say I have anxiety, and it's trendy to not want to leave bed some days and drink coffee and not eat food and mm-hmm. be overworking yourself. Like all of that and. I'm not just saying this because I see it in the media. Like, I go to school with people that behave this way and do it, not just to talk about it, but to post about it Mm -hmm. and to speak about it, like, around others and people that they might not necessarily be close to, just in, like, open spaces to, like, be irking for some... And be irking for some sort of sympathy and empathy towards them. Like, oh, I got four hours of sleep last night. Like, that shouldn't be yeah. that shouldn't be a you fun thing like, why, are you, why, why are you proud about that yeah. so up here it's become a trend how I'm thinking I agree that it does need to be put into the institutions in Barbados all, at all levels at primary school you might not need it as heavily yeah. um, maybe towards that um, class, class four. 3 class 4 age yeah. but I agree I'm just thinking it's Barbados is almost going to be the opposite where instead of it being a prideful thing to say i mm. feel like this it's gonna be like i say that because i want to know my business exactly and 
I like Mary, and if Mary hear that I feel like that, she ain't gonna take me seriously. She gonna think I was this and that, she's third. I can just see that flourishing. I mean, yeah, that's, that's very fair. And I guess that's also why it's not so much something that's already spoken about. Yeah, because people, you feel, you, you can feel shame. And like, I, I can see that happening. Like, no doubt. And it's kind of sad, but I, th- the best way I can think about it is that if we keep having these discussions and letting parents know and also talking to kids without the parents and explaining it to both sides and both parties and making sure that teachers and educators are aware as well so that everybody's going from a yeah going from a place of ignorance into being a bit more educated on the topic it'll become a bit less taboo and people will feel better talking about it rather than feeling shame about literally saying how they're feeling Mm -hmm. because in that sense you're essentially invalidating how you feel yeah because like okay yeah i know how i feel but i said him it's like i don't even want to verbalize or vocalize it to anybody because i'm not and I'm not willing to open up or, you know, be vulnerable like that. Or I do I re- that sometimes, but, yeah. like, <laughs> I try not to. Because it's, honestly, it's easier, as most things are in life, it's easier to not do it than to do it. Yeah. Like, everybody, I feel like you've said this, my dad says this all the time, like, if, I, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. <laughs> So, so it's hard for a reason. Exactly. It's hard for a reason. So put in the work and shut up, basically. Yeah, no, I feel like if I get any frustrations in life, sometimes it's, it can be easier for me to just say hey, whatever and just shut up on it and, you know, roll with it. Um, and sometimes for me, like, I need to not speak about it immediately because I need to process it for myself. And that's fair. Um, that being said, yes, talking about it and getting out there can be a way of processing it. It's just not always the my go to kind of thing. But yeah, no, hundred percent like it it would be I feel like at least right now that's the default way people would view it. But if we look or take a leaf from North America's book when they were, you know, enrolling, re, re, reducing, reusing recycle. I think there's four hours now. I can't remember. I don't know the last week. I wasn't taught that. That was past my generation. Well, sure. <laughs> I don't know what that is either. But 30, 40 years ago, it, it wasn't widespread like it was, right? You know, they put it in schools and raised a new generation or the next generation mm-hmm. with it ingrained in their culture. And that's why it was looked at in such a positive light. And that's why recycling is such a big thing up here now. Whereas, like, you could see something similar happening with Barbados because we did and you know enroll that to some degree. Now we don't have recycling like on a wide scale like it is up here where every yeah. you know every household has a yeah like wet whatever and dry city garbage. you're in like you have a recycling garbage day um, compost day kind of thing. Yeah. I, yeah, in Barbados it's a bit more. I I think it's still because it's very privatized in Barbados. Like my neighborhood has recycling collection that comes like. I think it comes like once a month or once mm-hmm. every two weeks or something. But like fair. you have to or but you have to organize that. Like I think somebody in my neighborhood organized that mm-hmm. and that's why that comes. But otherwise like that's 
far as Bijan's concerned, what I started to my garbage for to yeah, recycle. It's all, it's like, all garbage. And that kind of goes back to that whole culture of, you know, just dumping things really nilly because I use it. I don't care about it anymore. That very oh short. Oh, my gosh. That's a topic for another day. Did you see the video of those two boys throwing away the coconut husk and whatever else they had out of a truck? I think I heard oh, people Hilton? talking about it. I didn't see it. I watched the video. This could be like our a little end off because yeah. that just remind like you saying dumping reminded me of that. So I saw the talk on Twitter a bit, and then my dad sent the video in our family group chat, mm. and I was like, I saw that like what a bird. And then I read the article, and then I watched the video after I read the article, and I was, I mean, I wasn't surprised. The video was kind of disgusting because. It was two. It was two men. Mm-hmm. The guy that was actually disposing of this stuff, and for anybody who hasn't watched the video, he was throwing these coconut husks and whatever other scraps and rubbish over. Like they were in the middle of the parking lot, and he was throwing it over cars and like th- in between, like where cars mm-hmm. were parked, to like get it in this open lot kind of area. So first of all, he could hit somebody's car. Yeah. That's the first thing. Second thing, illegal dumping. Like, what do you... Like, really? Right in the and it was broad daylight. Somebody is fully recording him and telling him to stop. Mm. Their cars parked all out there because people at the beach, people... like. Yeah, it's merely there. They, essentially, they're not shame. Okay, so that guy is dumping it. That's a black man. Mm. The guy that owns the truck and that is... He was like drinking something and then he get back and said the car when he see the woman recording him is a white boy. Okay. I saw some of some duality of what happened by Yes. Now. Okay. On top of that, this is third thing now. The guy that's throwing away the stuff over people's cars, almost hitting people's cars, is cussing like nobody's business at the woman recording the video, telling her to suck her this and mm. to get away from he and the man just he cursing like a pirate. For no reason. For no reason. Like He's wrong and strong. Basically. Honestly, he he was wrong and strong. Are you telling women to suck? I was like, this man is disgusting. So I go back to your article now and I'm reading. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. They get five days. Five days of beach cleanup. Mm-hmm. And an interview with the nation with some man, I think the man was from sanitation, and the guy, the man is essentially standing with his clipboard, telling him, you know, I'm not impressed with you, y'all, y'all should not have done that. I'm not impressed, you you should know better. Cause the, one of the, the white guy is younger, he's only 23, the other guy is in his late 20s, mm. almost 30s I think. He's like, you should know better to the older man. I'm, I did not expect this from you. And the boy's parents, the guy, the white boy who owns the truck, his parents have come down there now because it's, they own the truck. Mm. So he, the guy from sanitation is like, your parents should not have had to come down here. Da, 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 this is terrible. Okay. Five days of beach cleanup and an interview which they got some publicity from, right? <laughs> because it was circulating because it was a video and the nation, like, filmed it like an interview mm-hmm. not essentially. like a question or anything yeah it was more it was more like an apology thing but in a weird way mm-hmm. okay so now my mother come and tell me 
about another situation that happened recently as well. And I'm reading this from like a news article Instagram page comparing the two situations. So that's one situation. Yeah. This is the second situation. A black man paraded in front of cameras in handcuffs as he was shuffled off to court for throwing a wrapper from a straw out a bus window. He was fined five hundred dollars. Oh, I saw that too. But I didn't know that the other guys only had the the five days of beach cleanup. So we comparing a straw wrapper out a bus window yeah. to a pickup truck tray full of coconut husk yeah. and garbage. A public over people cars. And he cussed a woman in public. Yeah. Well, you know, even from just the way you were telling me the, the guy from sanitation was speaking, it sounded like, you know, the parents putting some weight there, if you know what I mean. Hello. And just just, just that, because, like. That's exactly what I tell my parents in the group chat. I was like, these boys' parents know somebody, I know somebody, I know somebody, and they get away with nonsense. No, somebody know that he parents. <laughs> like, okay, but even if we. We can't take race out of it, no, because that's just, just, that's speaking volumes. But even if you did, the the difference in those two crimes... It's it's still privilege, like clear privilege. Even if it's not from a racial standpoint, just from the the Astronomical. So yeah, that blew my mind this week. And I honestly... Don't litter. If you can recycle, recycle. Just let's just all be better humans, please. Just, just be better humans. That's all I have to say. No, it's a, it's a fair statement, man. I, I, I know it used to be widespread dumping in the gullies. And, like, people put, like, old refrigerators in there and not going straight into water supply. And it still happens to this day, so, like, it, 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 Washing it improves. Washing machines, all sorts of nonsense. It's still not good enough. So, you know, if you see anybody littering, like, call them out, you know. Just explain to them. Take a little, you know, one minute. Explain to them the implications it's going to have for the future generations. Bidding's too hard. They don't, they don't like to think that far ahead. This was a great discussion. I honestly feel like we could have a part two to this if we wanted to, maybe 100%. in a know. couple of months or something. Let us know if you guys want a part two. Yeah, we could talk about this same topic, but different aspects of it again. Yeah. Thanks for coming to our, I guess, for an old talk. Oh, yeah, you can't. Thanks for coming to our old talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it doesn't have doesn't have the same ring, you know. <laughs> doesn't doesn't go the same. Not the same kind of finesse. Yeah, definitely. Anyways, thank you, and we will see you next week.